0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody
0: here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you let's go everything you got straight with everything you got let's go you're listening to the off tackle with john fetus show with your host joe miller Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Off Tackle with John Fina show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Brought to you by Q Forty Two, the barbecue sauce of but of Bills Mafia. My name is Joe Miller. I'm the host of the Overreaction, or, <laughs> wrong show, the Off Tackle with John Fina show. You're muted. How did you get muted? Why are you muted? There you I don't go. Now no, you're muted. Uh, the host of the show, <laughs> man, technical difficulties right at the top. I think I did this last week too. But uh, and and that over there is my guy, John Fina. John, how you feeling?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, to be to be determined, this one hurt. And, this one hurt. Uh, yeah, I'm recovering. How about you? How you doing?
0: Um, we can talk about it when we get to expectations here in a minute, but I think before we do that, um there it is. The the the, the uh the, the 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 pop at the top of the show. So we gotta get the I'm, pop at the top. I'm so,
1: opening my therapy.
0: I'm also drinking a beer this evening. I'm having a corona though, a little bit lighter version of what you're drinking. That's
1: so. La Cerveza Mas Fina, mm-hmm, buddy.
0: Mm-hmm. Indeed it is. So cheers, my friend, Cheers to you. Uh, but uh, it's good to have all of you that are jumping into the in, in, into the comments section, into the chat. Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome if you're also listening to this in podcast form. Uh, once again, this show is brought to you by Q42. And I think, John, you've got a little bit of a read for Q42 and our friend Iman.
1: Of course I do. Iman Aziz makes the best damn sauce. And what makes it so different <laughs> than the rest? It's made in Western New York with real... Western New York honey, real ingredients. He makes the ketchup and the mustard from scratch. I'm a cook and I don't even do that. For the other guys add fillers like high fructose corn syrup, Ugh. Q42 puts in the time and the effort to cook up a sauce worthy of most serious tailgaters. The KC sauce is a crowd pleaser. The Carolina is a mustard lovers match. That is true. Go to q 42 barbecuecom to get yours and enter the code fina show all caps to save 15 percent iman aziz and q42 i'm in a hotel room in flagstaff arizona and it's still chilly in the room but i think we're shouting i've got everybody everybody's gonna be on joe
0: you're just you're just looking dapper bro you just are you are straight up looking dapper and gangster and i love it you look very christmassy like for being in arizona like it's amazing
1: flagstaff it's cold up here it's
0: cold up Love there it. yeah so we're not going to waste any time here on the off tackle with john fetish show brought to you by q42 on the buffalo rumblings uh podcast and vidcast network and we're going get, to get right into the thoughts of the game because this game you and I, I think uh and we haven't talked share a little bit of a different opinion of this game and i have a reason why so i'm gonna let you go first when you think about the expectations and that you had going into this game and just the thoughts and i know you come from a position as a player of you always, we're going to win. Like you always come from that position of, we have done the things we need to do this week to put ourselves in a position to win. So I know that you've got a little bit of a different take on the game than I do. So I'll let you go first. So thoughts on this football game.
1: Well, look, uh, the things that I said they had to do, they didn't, I said, they need to start fast on this team. it's an away game. I wasn't there. You were, I'm sure it was loud. And as soon as, as soon as it got off to a slow start, I, I just said, we're in trouble, it's, it's going to be rough. I mean, that was my number one thing. You got to start fast and score on these guys. But secondarily, you knew it was going to be a battle and you got to trade body blows. If they slap you in the face, you got to punch them in the face. If they knife you in the gut, you got to shoot them in the shoulder with a gun. I mean, you and we didn't do that. We were slow to respond. And, you know, it's hard to win a football game when you're behind like they were, you yeah. know, going into the half. So, look. They knew it was going to be a battle, everybody knows, right? It's Tom Brady, Super Bowl champions, et cetera, whatever. But dear God, man, they needed they needed to respond. Mm. And there was no response
0: mm.
1: for two quarters. How about you? I mean, I'm 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 aggravated. I'm really aggravated
0: no i I, li- I like your energy and i like where you're coming from i think for me everything changed because i lowered my expectations you know i came into this season as you know like you know that the bills can go undefeated this year if they're playing what we think they're going to play and the defense shows up and i think i finally got myself to the point after the pats game even with seeing a little bit of the flash at the end that we that we wanted to see from josh allen where they finally gave him the ball at the end of the game even in 50 mile an hour gusting wins at highmark stadium that offense kind of came to life, but I still had kind of put myself in a position of, you know, I'm going to enjoy this, this, this weekend. I'm going to enjoy the time connecting with the mafia. I'm going to enjoy this game experience. And if the Bills win, it's going to be amazing, but I'm not expecting them to. So I kind of lowered my expectations for the game. Uh, I would say this about your, your question about the stadium and the atmosphere, the, the stadium and was, 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 was amazing. So to see the pirate ship in person was really, really cool. Like yeah, that was, cool uh, yeah, it is cool. Yeah to hear the cannon to hear the cannons fire that was really cool they did a very good so one of my girls favorite places when we go on vacation in myrtle beach is the the pirate show that they do which is like medieval times but it's pirate so like they love it so i've got some nostalgia and some personal like emotional connection to like you know the pirate ships and all the pirates and like all that stuff so it was that all of that was really cool i'll say this the the bucks crowd sucked they were good uh, until the Bills or until the Bucks got about a got the 10, 10 to nothing lead. And then they were out of the game. They were completely quiet until the fourth quarter. Uh which was wild to me because there was times I looked at some of the Buck fans around me and I was like, if we were at Highmark right now, the mafia would be losing their minds up twenty four to three. Like the oh, yeah. pile we, on we would be eating this alive. And you guys are like, Bring me another beer. Like it was just it would the atmosphere is totally different. And then a bunch of them left. A bunch of them thought the game was over just shortly after halftime. I think when the Bills did the last three or the first three and out coming off of halftime, a bunch of them left. And you you heard when Milano sacks Tom Brady on that last Bucks drive, like you hear it through the speakers of your television, like how many Bills Mafia members were there and how loud we were. And it was it was it was a great experience altogether. So for me, my expectations being lowered when it got to halftime, I was like. Very much. Well, this is this is what I thought was going to happen. So I was Mm. kind of in that mode right of like I was expecting this. I was expecting the bill. Yes. Yes. Josh is throwing the ball more, but they're still the the passes are conservative. They can't find open guys. I'll say this. um, The Buccaneers largely did not play a cover two shell. They played a, a cover one. Uh, single man coverage, like for pretty much the whole game. There were times they went into cover two, so it wasn't that. And the Bills are like throwing screen passes in the first quarter, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Find the open guy." And then they and then they started to come back. And on my show last night, I basically there was a moment where I said, "You know," and just like that, the Mafia started to believe again. And and there was just a moment in that game where it's like, "Yes, this this is my football team."
1: You found, well, them. and that's the upside, right, Joe? I mean, that's the only thing we can take from this. But it's well, just to address what you said before. That's not a Josh Allen problem, that's a that's a play calling problem. If they're right. in single high safety and not cover 2, you know, somebody upstairs has got to recognize the defense and say, you know, flip the card. Okay, now right. we're in our we're in our other play mode and yeah, yeah, unfortunately, fortunately, I was at dance lesson and I missed the first uh, first half. Why are you laughing dude i i just came off love uh love it dancing the waltz with stella and now in february i got a two-step with stella for another charity event it's I'm,
0: awesome. I'm not laughing in an, a negative fashion i'm laughing because hashtag girl dad is the best dad that's why i'm yeah. laughing like yeah. girl, i got two and girl dad i got, is I got amazing
1: daughters that. so <laughs> i'm a lucky guy
0: so so there was a lot for me in this football game so when the bills came back like that and it sparked that like, you're going to give me a reason to cheer. This isn't going to be – it's not going to be a horrible loss, and it's not going to be a fluky win. It, it, like, because all of our wins this year seem to be relatively fluky. You know, 35 to nothing. But did the offense play? Like, it was just weird games. They just looked like the Bills – of Josh Allen was cut loose. and And I think that, for me, was the biggest part of what I saw – so my expectations were were more than met, even, even in the loss. Uh, you know, And obviously, the, the referee situation has to get fixed. I mean, we talked about that before the show started. And to not call the pass interference on Stephon Diggs, that would have put the ball at the one-yard line with 23 seconds left in the game, the Bills win that football game, and then to call it against Mike Evans uh, on a third down to give them a first down when Mike Evans grabs Levi Wallace's head and rips him to the ground, and they call uh. pass interference on it. And that was just two of the plays.
1: Well, you knew it was going to start when they called Spencer and Stefan for movement penalty. When uh, when Brown is covered by the tight end, you got the line judge looking. I mean, all he did was shake his, himself a little bit. I mean, if his hand was down a little bit late, I mean, that is just, that's too ticky-tack to call. Sure, so if sure. you're going to make that ticky-tack call, then make the mostly obvious call on Diggs on the what should have been the next to last play of the game yeah agreed. that's that's the crap burger right there <laughs> you know because you're gonna you're gonna make a ticky tack two guys in motion call with a tackle who's might have his his fingers an inch from the ground when the when the receivers motion in formation please and then brady throws a punch because he's mad at that oliver and they'll call that right they hey they called josh allen for throwing a football at a guy's head
0: yeah. not throwing yeah. a blow <laughs> yeah and there was yeah. uh I, I don't remember i don't remember if it was in the first quarter or the second i know you said you just rewatched the first i think it's ed oliver as well his helmet is, is on the ground and the only way a defensive lineman's helmet is on the ground is is if somebody's got illegal hands to the face like that should be an automatic flag every time a defender's like a lineman's helmet either way yeah, if their he helmet's didn't on the see ground it
1: though i mean he could they have, have been, been putting it. he could have been putting his cpap on you yeah, know. They, did,
0: they didn't see it right as far as yeah. that i mean in this football game but it was And we're just talking about some
1: point, Joe, they have to have enough self-actualization, enough self-awareness to realize that we are calling a lopsided flag game. Right, right. And the the penalties they're calling on the Bills are daggers to the heart. And it was ridiculous. Yeah. It's shoddy. It's shoddy. It was, and if and you it was, need if you need to add two back judges because a single back judge might not have been looking at digs, and you say the back, uh, the the side back judge, whatever he, whatever his title is, besides Mr. Magoo, if yeah. he can't see through uh the receiver to what the defender's doing, you could make that argument in a freeze frame photograph, but that that was a Cuomo style groping that happened. <laughs> it wasn't short, and it was that was it only one. It wasn't innocuous. It was, it was only Cuomo one style. Pick a brother.
0: There's the one where the dude's holding on onto uh, Stefan uh, d- Diggs' shirt and holding him up. And then there's the somebody has made a. Oh, that's, uh, that's legal. Yeah. Well, there's somebody in Latvia somebody has made a parody account of the NFL officiating Twitter handle now. And there's a meme on that Twitter handle in, if you need to find it, you should anybody that, that's listening to me and it's got the picture of the defender holding on to Stefan Diggs shirt, like, like stretching it straight out because he's holding him back. And the meme says that the, the NFL has decided that Stefan Diggs is going to be fined $10,000 for not having his shirt tucked in like from that picture. And that's exactly what it is, but there was, there was so much. So in the third quarter, uh, Cole Beasley catches a ball, balls down about a a half a yard beyond the the yardage marker for the first down and they spot the ball a yard back so and the bills line up they don't even challenge the bills just line up and go and they get the first down but i was like
1: what in the world so that was close his left knee looked like he was down i mean you know that's kind of a no harmer thing i mean we end up converting it but i think the precedent there is just it's just crazy and we're used to this right you don't you don't call opi on gronkowski you don't call anything on tom brady's precious team right right, and if you if so here's here's my barometer for stuff like this i've had two people call me today talking business or whatever and say dear god what what happened in that game those officials were horrible these are people that don't care who won the game but they watched it and they just said this is this is Fascinatingly, you know, unequal. Then I'm like, that to me, that's a telling point. When somebody who has no skin in the game doesn't care, quite possibly could be rooting against against me because of the hat. Who knows?
0: I don't think it's because of the hat. Um, it was just it was just striking strikingly awful. There was just so many things in this football game. Uh, at the end of the game, uh, we're inside of two minutes. The Bills are driving the field. I think they were out of touchdowns. If you go back and you watch that sequence again, uh, we're, timeouts. We're, uh, they're they're out of timeouts. But yeah. but but uh, I don't remember what the play was. But the, the 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 line judge or somebody picks up the ball and just kind of walks, kind of moseys over, right. to spot it. I was like, what is going on right now? Like the clock is running. The Bills can't stop
1: it. Maybe he's got a uh, little hernia thing he's trying to protect. He doesn't want to exert himself. He's got like his, uh, you know, his general surgeon in his air. I told you not to upset your hernia. Slow yeah. down.
0: I mean, this this game literally goes back to, and I've talked about it a couple of times this year. I don't know if I've talked about it on this show. The, the Houston Texans playoff game when uh, the Houston Texans player receives the kickoff turns around to toss it to the referee and the ref's like, don't give me that football, throws it on the ground. The bills jump on it, touchdown. And then the dude in a black jacket comes off of the sideline to talk to the head, the head referee. And then they reverse the call. Some dude, some phantom guy that nobody's ever seen before walks out on the field I thought the head referee was in charge.
1: Oh, Not you're in that. making me mad. It was, it was men in black. They came out and like, <laughs> look at the dot. Yes,
0: exactly. So that was very, this game was reminiscent of that to me, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of people in the chat, which is great. Uh, appreciate all you guys that are, that are watching tuned in. Um, Here's the thing, we are super chat live. If if you want to get our attention, uh, please throw super chat in there. I'm not requiring you. If I see it and it's a good question, I'll throw it up. But we're having a conversation. So if I miss it, I apologize. Please don't be angry at us. Uh, but there's a bunch of people up in here, which is awesome. This is a great question. Speaking of which, so Tom Whitmarsh asks, uh, and thanks, Tom, for being a part of the show. Who changed your play more in the second half? The Bills or the Bucks? I noticed that the Bucks were playing their game plan changed. They were up three possessions in the third quarter. And it turned into a let's let's kind of like run this clock out, let's grind this thing out. Which to me is the kiss of death for defenses and teams when they do that. What is your opinion on this?
1: God, they all do it right, it's aggravating. Like, I don't want I never wanted to do it as an offense, you know, just kind of bleed it out. Let's just mm-hmm. throw the ball around the yard. I mean, I guess they also felt like, um, you know, the running game was going to be substantial enough, and you're also kind of you know, we run the ball and we run it successfully enough? We get a couple first downs, you know, we make them burn their times out now. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that can be pretty much the plan. I guess when you're ahead by three scores, it's not a bad plan. It's not pretty football, but I'll tell you, I, as a player, I hated it.
0: Yeah, I'm like, yeah. just
1: do what we did in the first half. Let's just keep, you know, it's the step on the neck mentality, right? Yes. yes. And, and we just, you get smacked in the face, you got to come back. And we just didn't, we didn't just, and it wasn't, it was to a man. Right. I mean, we had to wait till the second half, but yeah, I mean, we had calls go the wrong way. We had a couple of bad reads here and there, but by and large, I mean, You look at the second half, You know, maybe we don't have that second half if they come out slinging it the same way. I don't know.
0: We got a super chat from Triggs. Triggs, Triggs, uh, thanks so much for being a part of the show. Uh, We all remember what Dean Blandino said last year. Now, I don't know if you were on Twitter today, but uh, Dean Blandino is whatever he's in charge of NFL officiating. And there's a a video going around from actually a Bills game last year, I believe. Uh, It was the Rams game where they called – Uh, an interference that extended the drive and then the Bills won the game. And Dean Blandino basically came out and said, look, uh, if if the refs are going to make a call, if we are going to make a call and it's going to be a negative call, I would rather have that negative call go against a small market like Buffalo than a large market like the Rams. I'd rather rather the papers in Buffalo be writing about how bad we were than the papers in L.A. is what he said, which is when you're in charge of NFL officiating (laughs) – I don't know how he's still in charge of NFL officiating. You said that last (laughs) year. Right. Honestly,
1: I I didn't hear that. I could have gone my entire life without hearing that kind of crap. Yeah. I mean, you you should be unemployed if you're gonna say that. I mean, don't we have like Senate inquiries into you know, somebody who takes steroids in college or who's you know, who's cheating in a baseball game or betting? Please, I mean, make the right call. Yeah, and honestly, yeah. I was watching I was watching the game and there was a particular call and I'm there with my family and it, it went against the Bills. It was actually it was the right call. And I just nodded and said, yeah, it's the right call. Yep, just yep. make the right call. So yeah. th- that's um, I wish you hadn't told me that. No, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm really, I'll,
0: um, I'll, I'll send it. I'll send the I'm tweet, it. I'm finding you
1: very upsetting at the moment.
0: These are. I'm not being negative though, so let's let's be positive. So I I'll uh, I'll send you that I'll send you that. Tweet I used to
1: like Dean Blandino. Now I'm gonna have to like send <laughs> start sending him hate tweets.
0: <laughs> That's hysterical. But uh, yeah, so this game, as far as from an expectation standpoint, um, it met it met my expectations. I was very pleased to see the Bills step up. I was very pleased to see Josh Allen. And if we get to the good, and I'll start with my good because I noticed something in pregame warmups yesterday before the game and generally speaking because it intrigued me right away and I was like this isn't who the bills this isn't what they do ever but in pregame warm-ups they're, they're lined up whether it's in seven on seven or when they're doing just kind of the walk through with, with, the, with the lines on the field but specifically in the seven on sevens where it's just the wide receivers and the defensive backs they have a dude snap the ball to Josh Allen or whatever quarterback and he just kind of casually takes a step and throws right he's, he's three yards back five yards back casually takes a step and throw casually takes a step and throw and I'm like, Josh Allen never does that. Why are they in pregame warmups not him taking the ball at the snap and then dropping back five yards like he does? Why are they practicing something that they never do? And they do that every pregame. Like that's that's like the pregame warm-up thing. Just take the ball, casually step, and throw, casually step and throw. Now, in this game, the good to that point, and it kind of ruined my point. The ball started coming out really fast for Josh Allen. He was reacting quickly, like there was like he was getting away. There were I, I heard ooze and ahs. The one play where he dipped underneath the defensive back because the defensive back jumped up to get him and he dipped under him and went, like I heard ooze from the Buccaneers fans, like they were impressed by what he had just done. The ball was coming up, really, coming out really quick, which I think has been missing from this, like we, you've talked about, you know, Josh Allen dropping too deep, like, and and just holding the ball. The ball was coming out, it was coming out in rhythm. They were playing up-tempo. Even the Bucks, the Bucks are up three possessions. They're still playing up-tempo. Like they were snapping the ball with 20 seconds left on the clock. Like the whole game was up-tempo. I loved seeing that from our offense. And I think it was a big part of why it was successful, because that's who we saw last year. Whereas this year it hasn't been that.
1: Yeah, I think you're on to something. You know, they went no huddle because they didn't want to see our defensive front rotate and rotate right. through. Right. But I think um I think we could benefit. I think Josh gets into a, a groove. I think that no huddle benefits him. I think it, it benefits guys like Sanders, Beasley, and and Diggs too. You know, just to catch the the defensive backs, because you got to peak a little bit as a defensive back, you know, on your alignments and making sure you're getting the calls right. Right. And all you need is a guy just to be a half a yard out of position. If you're going to make an inside release, you're gone. And if you're if you're going to run a fade, you need to press the inside of the field and save save the box for the, the ball to drop into. You know, half a yard is a is a million miles in football, right? Yeah. Until they have to spot it. A bunch of morons. But did I say that out loud? You did. Anyway, so I, I think you're onto something. Now, as far as the warm-ups go, I mean, you're just out there trying to loosen up your arm. I, I don't think the drops are that big of a deal. Um, I, 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 honestly, you could be right. You could be wrong. I don't pay attention to warm-ups. I knew that when I warmed up, I had these things that I did that were like my superstitions. And I actually had somebody call me out on Twitter and say, I remember this thing you used to do and i was like oh my god i totally forgot i used to do that <laughs> so so much of what i used to do and what many guys do before a game is like it's hilarious because if you put a camera up in the locker room you would see guys do the same thing week mm. in and week out and it is it is fascinating <laughs> the stuff i did i'm like oh god i'm just like i oh my god i've got to make sure i do xyz before the game and i mean i'm sure it meant we were going to win or lose you know that's hysterical
0: it is it's hysterical
1: are you, are, you, are you
0: not going to give us a nugget of what you used to do that you don't want anybody to know about at all like you're not no, going to keep no. this
1: <laughs> well at least you, my,
0: you didn't throw up before we gave like, bro he didn't throw up before every game like kelly right i mean it's yeah. it's it's the old the old story about kent hall so he, everybody would wait till kelly threw up and then kent hall would say 12's ready <laughs>
1: <laughs> so okay i'll give you one thing like
0: right.
1: <laughs> like my locker had to be organized like all the shelves like my stuff had to be in the right spot
0: doesn't surprise me
1: it would if you saw, <laughs> if you saw my car it is like, uh, what else did i do i mean there were like you know there are all kinds of things just like the process for getting dressed like which trainer is going to tape you do you get taped after joe miller and before Donna, or you know do you do you get taped at exactly 11 15 or is eleven twenty three? i mean there's all kinds of stuff and then i mean just like how much of this do you drink where do you put your drink i mean it's right right and maybe i'm wrong i feel like every if there were ever anybody listening to this that played they'd be like man fiend is a lunatic <laughs> <laughs> Just also true
0: so we got a couple super chats before i get to, well um Let's do this. So we'll get the super chats right now. So Triggs back in with the super chat. He says, uh, But did you notice when Sanders was gone, Beasley was getting more targets and the offense was moving a little better? Yes, I noticed that. I'll let you go here in a second. I think there was more to Gabe Davis. So Gabe Davis made a critical, huge, huge, like fourth down, basically all will, all heart, like kind of move when he got that, when he got that fourth down, the catcher caught it, moved like, Gave gave up the yardage and then forced his way back to the to the line to gain. To me, the story of that of Emmanuel Sanders being out was Gabe Davis's presence in this offense. I'm not sure that Beasley, as much as they didn't target Beasley early, I'm not sure that Beasley was benefiting from from Sanders being out as much as Gabe Davis did. And Gabe Davis, I think, is a better run blocker than he might be the best run blocker on this team as far as the wide receivers go.
1: Mm, uh, and to address the question, it, it's hard to say. I I don't think. I mean, I haven't. I don't have any insight into the locker room. No one tells me anything anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't, I don't see that kind of superstar um, envy or inequity Mm -hmm. kind of battles between the guys. I think they're, I think that one good thing about this, well, there are many good things about this team. I think an aspect of this team that I really appreciate is that it doesn't seem to be ego driven, driven, not by any position, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't even know like who I, I, if uh, at first blush, who would you say has an ego, but doesn't, but it's just the energy and the effort. And how you just like, I definitely want to have beer and wings with Poyer and Hyde. Yeah. I mean, they're electrifying. Yeah. Um,
0: So I think Diggs is the same way. I think Diggs has that, that quiet ego about him. He knows he's good. He knows, but, but with his knowledge that he's good, he knows there's a lot expected of him. So Mm -hmm. like he carries that line, like, you know what I'm saying? Like he just he 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 put same thing with 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 Micah Hyde and Jordan Jordan Poyer. Same thing. There's a there's just a quiet confidence and understanding yeah. that I'm here for a reason.
1: Yeah, and then, but you know we're balancing this game on officiating um, at the end of the play, at the end of the game. I know you're not, but I look at like you know oh well, you know, Diggs should have caught the ball last week when it dropped into the box. That's a hard catch, man. That for thing's sure. dropping in. The wind's affecting it. I think the bigger play is you got to make the field goal. I mean, it wasn't that far, and I get it, it's windy, but make the field goal, and then we kick a field goal and win. And this week, uh, I mean, there's a couple of plays that just contributed to extending their drives and killing our drives.
0: Yeah, for sure. Got another super chat from Pamela. Pamela, thank thank you so much for being a part of the show. That fourth quarter felt like they finally got their groove back. Was it just a teaser, or is this the team we will see for the rest of the season? That's a great question, and I wish I could answer it for you.
1: Yeah, no, it will be. It will be the team we see for the rest of the season. Why? Because I believe more than Joe Miller believes.
0: (laughs) I'm the Uh, one that started my show last night saying that's the moment that the mafia began to believe again.
1: Minus Joe Miller, as I think of what I said. (laughs) Um, No, I I think, you know, so much of what you said is true and so much of it is opportunistic, right? I mean, this was the real Josh Allen. This was the electrifying up-tempo offense that we wanted to see but they're, they're playing a little bit of a prevent, right? They weren't pressing the ball as an offense, but the truth is we have the tools, we have the players, we have got to get rid of the little inconsistencies. And is that the confidence level? Like, oh, uh, you know, I, t- when I coached in high school and I hate to refer back to that, cause it's not the same thing. I looked at the guys and I said, none of you get to have a mistake. Mm. Because as soon as you think you get to have one mistake, then if everybody on the team that steps on the field gets to have, oh it's okay I only made one mistake, well now you got forty two mistakes, right right. So you 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 can play mistake free football. You can yeah. yeah and 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 I always tell, like the way you win a football game the people who make the fewest errors
0: that's it oh, yeah, for, for sure uh mike kingsley is a good friend of mine mike welcome in, into the show thank you for being a part of it thanks thank you for, for the super chat as well uh tb i'm guessing he's saying tom brady called a timeout because they were winded uh that was in the fourth tampa quarter bay, I think. Yeah. oh tampa bay. bay gotcha called yeah. the timeout because they were winded that's true that was in the last two minutes of the game and the bills were out of timeouts and we were in the stands and the, like a timeout got called and like the dude next to me was like oh the bills just took their last timeout." i was like nope they didn't have any And then it was like, Tampa took a timeout. Uh, Does this game prompt the Bills to go more no huddle? Which I guess is a a piggyback off of Pam's question, uh, a la the advent of the K-Gun. I don't know that they went no huddle. They were just basically up-tempo. There's a difference.
1: Well, okay, I think the first thing is you have to address, do we have the personnel to do it? And I think the answer is yes. Because we don't do a lot of tight end sets and we don't do a lot of fullback sets, right? Mm -hmm. So the personnel is there. We have, I think, my opinion. The type of receivers that you want—they're—they're—they're um, they're, they're smaller, they're fit, and they have great quickness, right? Mm-hmm. They're not long, tall guys that make um, slower cuts, slower movements. I mean, you look at Cole Beasley, and you think, "My God, how don't how how do not all of his ligaments just come shooting out of his body the way he cuts and moves?" Right? Right, right, right. So, i, I don't think they'll go to that. I don't think that that's Dabo stable style. Right. But I think they're equipped to, yeah. um, the other thing, you know, the toll it's, it's kind of a kiss me deadly. So when the, when the K gun worked, the defensive linemen were so tired, they couldn't raise their arms. Right. But when it didn't work, it was miserable for us. Yeah. I mean, you just, you just felt like you were you know pushing a wall. It just, nothing was happening
0: for sure uh richard rush my guy says uh joe my wife says you need to take collinsworth place uh in the in the box next to uh al michaels this is what i can tell you i don't know if this would work or not i can just tell you that they would save a whole lot of money by hiring me over chris collinsworth
1: (laughs) yeah you know he's not as bad as who's the other i like this guy who was that was that dan deardorff
0: oh yeah 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 stash No,
1: matt matt um
0: we used to call him stash Matt no, Millen. Oh, Matt, Matt Millen. Millen. Oh yeah. yeah. Deer. Yeah, Deerdorf's retired. Matt Millen. Matt Millen. Yeah, I know. Was, I'm just was, kidding.
1: They're interchangeable to me. He he did a game this weekend, right? Or I, I heard him and I was like, oh my God, it's that guy again. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Deerdorf was a classic Bills hater in the 90s. He hated you guys. Like he couldn't yeah. and he hated and he and he always ended up with your guys like calling your guys' games, which is even funnier. Pamela jumps in with another super chat. Did the O line play better in the fourth, or was that Josh just taking over? I mean, the O line has sucked. <laughs> Did they all of a sudden get better?
1: Yeah, is um, sending that question out because she's trying to bait me. <laughs> so I, when when people say that, you know, it's this really cool like um, ambiguity, right? So you you can't really track every receiver. Like, well, why didn't the receiver come open? I mean, in my opinion, if if you're covering me man to man. Joe, mm-hmm. um, if, if you have me covered, that's my failure, right? Right. So how many times does a receiver not get open when he's being covered by a guy? So is that as equally poor as offensive line play? I will say yes. Yes, But is. the problem is it's harder to, to define. Right? You can't say, oh, the receiver's played poorly because it's really hard to kind of quantify. But you can always say, you give up one sack, oh, the offensive line was terrible. And I always say my, my response to people who address that to me on Twitter, etc., I say – specifically tell me which plays you want me to review and I will give you a very specific answer yeah. I don't think that the offensive line uh played horribly I mean it's hard to find a game with zero sacks I, again I mean I, I don't think they're playing great but mm. I don't I mean everybody wants oh rail on the offensive line again I challenge anybody to show me exactly what they know and what they see so josh of course see that and this is part of it too how can josh make his energy to to pam's point to take over in the first quarter right you know jim kelly had that like you whether you like jim or not you played for the guy and i think josh is there on the cusp of it but you, you you've you got it's got to be a, i got to own it a little bit and the quarterback also has to pull it out of you a little bit in some instances yeah. that's what leadership is so i'm not blaming josh i'm just saying you know that the, they got to figure out a way to to give give me if we have two and a half quarters of that we win the football game if we have three quarters of that we win by 14
0: sure i think there's something to be said for um there, there's things that there's things that coaching can do to help that coaching has not done So and we've talked about it on the show. They're running a cover two shell. Can't can't play football. They're running a cover two shell. Well, run plays that beat a cover two shell that pull them out of the running plays, right? Or or pseudo running plays with the pass. Yeah, And yeah. and, and whether it's whether it's the play calling or Allen's reluctance to have done it this year, the Bills have struggled mightily. There's also things that the Bills can do, the coaching staff can do to help the offensive line, and it's not just running the ball; it's getting the ball out fast. So if you know your offensive line can't hold up, why is he dropping eight yards? Why is he dropping nine yards? Like that was the amazing thing too. I was focused on that, uh, watching that game live. Uh, just being there and where we were at, I just had a good view of 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 what I wanted to look at, which was watching the defense. But when that when when Hughes was rushing and they were rushing to a spot, Brady was always stopping a yard short on his dropbacks from wherever Mario Addison and Hughes were aiming for every single time he dr- he'd get the ball drop back and stop, and Hughes and Addison the ball be gone. But they were like where they were going to he was not there he was in yeah
1: well i mean that that, and that's that's the whole point be by dropping it seven and a half yards and in the and it also goes to that point of when you do have deep drops and guys are really getting close like that they 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 get more confidence and they come I don't want to say harder but they have they have a deeper belief. Yeah, yeah. And and it's hard when and Brady has always historically got the ball out super fast but you brought up something I I I tried to get through the second quarter before our call I watched the first quarter and I'm just I'm not seeing any I shouldn't say any. I'm not seeing enough creativity from mm. the defensive ends on their pass rush. Yeah. For sure. I'm seeing a lot of run up to a guy like this. I'm not seeing half a man shoulder low. Um, it's just, um, it's just, it's not, it's not what it needs to be. A little vanilla. It Well, it, it, it's, I don't want to say vanilla. Like, I don't see what the premier, like, I can't look other than, than Hughes and say what each guy's first best pass rush move is. Right. You know, right. And I, I just haven't seen it.
0: Right. Another super chat from Triggs. Triggs, uh, thanks so much for uh for being on the show tonight. Uh that's on Dable and what he's calling, and he's asking the question. So I'm I think he's in referring to what I said just about doing things to pull them out of the cover two shell, doing things to to help the line. It's it's on coaching, and I think you would agree, it's more of a, about philosophy. Who does Dable want this offense to be versus who they can be? Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we're we're getting out coached in the first and second quarter in all three of these losses I every mean, week. <laughs> every week. You, as an <laughs> offense, you you have to run the play that's called and you've got to quickly diagnose and I think the defensive quality control guys too have have got a part in this, you know, when you're watching the game and this is why you know, I I could only ever be on the sideline and not in the booth because i mean you, you you need to see like what adjustments are they making what did we expect what do we expect and what look are they giving us mm-hmm. now look i've been in games before where they lined up and just played the damn defense we were expecting and we got our butts handed to us mm. so without knowing what the plan is and the expectations, so and i know we're going to look at a couple of plays here Yeah, yeah. but you know if, if occasionally a team will run a play that they haven't run before. And then you're like, oh my God, now you got to, you're going to the sideline. You're, you know, you're drawing things in the dirt. You're the bottle cap. I'm the stick, you know, (laughs) we're not privy to that, but by the middle of the second quarter or the beginning of the second quarter, if there are, if there are wholesale changes that look different than what you prepared for, then, you know, people need to be putting their brains together
0: for sure. For sure. Taking what they give. Let's take a look at a couple of plays. So the first one that uh, we're going to look at is uh, is uh, on the good is Matt Milano. So things that we like from the game. And there wasn't a ton of plays for me to kind of grab because the ball was coming out so fast. It was hard to kind of digest. Or Allen was like, like he'd take two steps, three steps, and already like take a move to basically avoid the rush. So um, I pulled what I could. Uh, but this is the Milano sack. So as I roll this. Uh, Free,
1: freeze I, it at the end zone look when you get there.
0: Gotcha, right. gotcha. I can yep.
1: watch this part.
0: Oh, actually, I'm going to back it up first. What I, what I think is interesting in this, I actually stopped it perfectly. Tremaine Tremaine Edmonds is down here on the left side of Jerry Hughes, which is interesting to me because you see Brady pointing and declaring that Milano is the mic, and I'm not sure that does just because Tremaine Edmonds has moved, it, does that automatically make Milano the mic or is does it? Do you understand my question?
1: Do and I that, understand in, your question? That's hilarious. in Tom
0: Brady's declaration that Milano is the mic. That's what he's doing. He's pointing at Milano. 58 is the mic.
1: Yeah, so the point can mean two different things, right? Because if I always point at Milano, if I'm Brady, and if I always point at him, then if we figure out that where Brady points the offensive line goes, then we're going to be able to just kill him. But sometimes, depending on the play call, if the point is Milano, it means we're giving him to the back, and not the line. So we did this in Buffalo all the time. We'd have four major dropback protections, and on two of them, the point was for the offensive line. On the other two, the point was for the running back. Interesting. So it's really hard to determine whether Brady is saying, um, Leonard, you have him or I have him, or the offensive line has him. Right, right. So it's curious here, and I'm glad you brought it up, because when we get to the end zone view, this alignment, shame on the Bucks here. Because we've shown this alignment before and we've ran a blitz that's very similar to this.
0: Right. So Milano, so, and, and if he was pointing him out so being the mic. It. So Go
1: when ahead. you freeze it here, look at the alignment of the nose tackle. We have we have a shade or a one and a three on the same side as the defensive end. The last time we lined up in this was two games and a go. We had a sack, but we ran it as a game with that Oliver coming through if memory serves, but the, the guard here, I don't know what they're thinking. So let's say Milano's the point, right? Yeah. So Brady's pointing at Milano, then the right guard who doesn't have a single threat inside of him because the nose tackle is to the left of the center. I just don't understand why he doesn't take a step back and secure the tackle's block with his right hand, right? He needs to get his hand up under Jerry Hughes' breastplate, and the two of them, Wurfs and the guard, need to read between Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, who's coming. But what he does is virtually nothing. He's sliding to the left, but then he reacts as if he thinks Milano is his responsibility. So, I mean, this is similar to what Spencer Brown did in the first quarter on hmm. the sack. Gotcha. I don't know what I'm doing it's you gotcha. either the wrong call or the wrong communication but if i'm the right guard here i'm i'm backing up i'm i'm remember we talked about getting sugared mm-hmm. he's getting yes. sugared right now the threat is, is 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 in front of him to the outside he should be setting almost like a tackle
0: gotcha so he should so, be in three oh no he is he's well in this in the moment he's in a two-point stance
1: no 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 setting he should oh, be gotcha, setting gotcha, 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 gotcha. so his right foot comes up now he's screwed Hughes presses the inside shoulder first, of Worf. First
0: step, he's screwed.
1: Oh, yeah. You don't think so?
0: No, no, no. I, it's just funny to me that that's what, like, you know, just from his first step up, you're screwed. It's oh, he's over. done.
1: So what happens is he goes forward. Now, right there, he's done. If he had done what I said, set like a tackle and stayed square with Worf's, if Milano comes, he can float to the inside and ping Milano. He only weighs 180 pounds. And if Milano goes to the outside, we trade the game. Right. But he puts himself in no man's land. Worfs can't hand him off. Look at Worf's head right now. He's like, dude, I can't believe you didn't trade with me and take Milano.
0: Right. right. I could take Milano. Right.
1: So this is a guard error. But what's shameful is we showed this look and we got a sack on it. Tampa Bay should have better had known better.
0: It's interesting to me that it, just that he got home and it, we don't, I mean, we don't see a lot of pressure. We don't see a lot of rushes and as much as this is a blitz and, and, and well, the it, reason
1: he got home uh, at the luxury of interrupting you, as I often do, apologies, not extended. If you look right now to the middle of the field, he doesn't see Milano. He doesn't feel the pressure. And when he does, the problem is Gronkowski's breaking right into whomever is in the secondary right on the buck logo right there. So he can't go to the middle of the field. And he doesn't have the confidence with F.A. Obata coming free and getting held uncalled to get that out route over there.
0: I, didn't even, I, didn't,
1: I can't I'd, step in to get Fournette. I
0: didn't even look at Obata, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was being held there. And and there was no flag. <laughs> no flag on that one.
1: Why would you call it flag, Joe?
0: Not, not that we're surprised, not that we're surprised. Anyway, we we,
1: we dwelled on that a long time. Anybody listening, you know, should really go back and review the show because that's really cool defense, but shame on Tampa for not recognizing that.
0: Yeah. And then uh, the the last good one that we have from this one is the Knox, the long Dawson Knox run uh, on the final drive for the Buffalo bills. And pause it. Oops. I'm uh, not in the right spot. Hang on a second. You went back up to here.
1: So pause it now. Well, give me another frame. So right there. So I don't know if Knox knows it or recognizes it, but they know that this is going to be a blitz formation, right? Mm -hmm. So the cool thing is he breaks it off. I'm sure it's a planned call, but he's recognizing that the middle of the field is going to be open. So whether that is exactly what he's supposed to do, or he recognizes it, what he calls, what we call breaking off the route, right? Zero coverage. They're bringing six. We only got five to block, break it off and get to an open space. Now, I'm making a big deal out of this because it was in the shoot. It was in the first quarter with 11 minutes and 31 seconds left. No, sorry. It was in the second quarter. Gabe Davis is running down the left sideline. We really needed him. Josh had a little bit of pressure. It was zero pressure and he threw shallow to like 11 yards and Gabe was 21 yards down the field. And that Mm -hmm. to me is a function of if you're taking off from the line of scrimmage and you see the pressure coming you have to break off your route. That's why Josh threw the ball. Mm. So that's he, the responsibility of the receiver. So, Pam, he, receivers are playing terrible.
0: Yeah, he expe- he expected uh, Gabe to break it off, which we saw them do a lot last year, like, perfectly. And this right. year just hasn't been there. There, right. is a, there is an end zone view of this run as well. And I, I mm-hmm. cut it off here in a second, so we'll get there. Yeah, right here.
1: So watch Knox. And this is kind of funny because we talked about this Look at Deion Dawkins, right? He could have gone back and helped on the three technique <laughs> like he did not last too week. long ago. Yeah, last but,
0: week when you yelled at him for going to find work. Yeah, it's a beautiful play, and like you know, when you're when you're talking about the offensive line, like man on helmet on a helmet on a helmet all the way around. Like this mm-hmm. is a perfect pocket, and you see how open that the middle of the field is, which is tremendous.
1: So we see, you know, Spencer Brown got beat on uh, one actual pass rush. The other one, obviously, he made a mental error on or or somebody else made a mental error. It was Josh's guy, but it looked like it was Spencer's. But the one he got beat on by, was his name? Shaquille Barrett. Yeah. he He's just not punching. He's a big, long SOB. And in that environment, if you get off the ball just a, a skosh late and you're coming out of a three-point stance and you're turning quick, you cannot place your hands, okay? Mm. We are not putting clothes on a mannequin here. You got to blow the guy up. I mean, he's got, I mean, my arms are like 37, right? Sleeve. He's probably a 44. That's what Tom Bresnahan used to always say. You know, you can't not fire your hands. Shoot those two by fours, buddy. Shoot them two by fours. (laughs) You can't not do that because you're worried about what he's going to do instead. You just have to do it because that's what you do. And if he just takes the edge off of Shaquille by throwing his hands out there, It's a timing and it's a confidence thing. And look, sometimes you will throw it out there and you will get beat, but at least you're getting beat doing the right technique, being aggressive.
0: That's true. So, in the comments section, we have a super chat from Pamela. I'll jump that up first. She said, uh, "She said, Fina, I was talking about the lineman protecting Josh. So, but I think you were, you were, you were, you were." moving she that was focus. Baiting me
1: saying that the, yes. p- the line was terrible i know what you were talking about
0: but you were you were you were moving the focus the lens the the scope of the gun to the to the uh to the skill positions which is a classic uh, John Fina pivot on the off tackle with John Fina show, <laughs> but I want to. So while we've been talking, there's been comments and th- that they've been talking just about Josh and comparing him to Jim because you talked about Jim, and then they basically said, well, you know, Jim was more mature at the at the point where you started playing with him and kind of had been in the league, but when J- when Jim got here, even with playing with the Gamblers for a couple of years and winning with the Gamblers, he was still young and really made a lot of mistakes. Uh, and this is an interesting point from Jessica Tennis that I wanted to bring up or or comment. And she says, she's talking to Pamela. I think Josh is getting to the point of wanting to win more than being friends. It's a maturity step for a quarterback. Did, did, did you did you see, feel that? Was that an understanding thing? Like when it came to Jim, so, does Aaron Rodgers carry that? Peyton Manning so carry I, that?
1: I, I think what Jessica is saying, and well, I don't know. I can't crawl in Jessica's head, but everybody wants to win. Okay. Let's, let's get rid of that. I mean, people would throw Joe's grandmother into the street to win. I mean, that's just the way it is, but the execution of, of that, no, I'm just kidding. Grandma, you're good. You're good with me. They're they're both in the ground. Well, God rest their souls. You know what I meant? So I get where she's, I get where she's going with that. Right. The sentiment is there, but I said to my son, uh, you know, you got to find your voice, right? So Bruno, well, I don't want to call him out on the show. He was like, you know, I want to be a bigger, bigger leader. And I said, well, you just got to, you know, you got to find your voice and you got to, you got to just use it and just say and do. And he's like, yeah, but I'm not perfect. And I'm like, well, that's the thing. You can't think you have to be perfect to call everybody out. I mean, that's why, that's why I would lay in traffic for Thurman Thomas because Thurman Thomas would freaking call me out as we would, everybody else on the offense get right up in your face, all five foot four of them, and call your you know what out. Right, but right, the right. beauty of it was when he screwed up, he would say, "Give it back to me. Give it right. back to me." But you don't have to be perfect to be a leader, to be a vocal leader, um, you know. And and, to, and maybe it maybe he needs to go challenge everybody, not because he's perfect, right? You know, you could physically go around the locker room and say. Um, Ike, I'm challenging you this week to be assignment, perfect football, to play with great effort and to get excited from the first snap all the way to the last snap. Right. Right. You know, you could, I mean, it sounds gimmicky. It sounds goofy, but honestly, if you're hoisting the trophy at the end of the year, who cares? I mean, I, I mean, you, you do what you got to do. I agree. So I don't, I don't know if that's missing. I'm not in the locker room, Joe. Quit putting me on the spot.
0: It's what I do. It's what I'm here for. I'm here to bring the fan connected to the former player, who is also a fan, to flesh out the things that uh, we wonder about because we are not privy to any of it. So you've mm-hmm. at least been in the locker room. So when we talk about the work and the things that we didn't like from this football game, uh, we've already pretty much established, both of us, that the Bills just – they, to come off of that loss from the Patriots, know that you're sitting at 7-5, and five, looking up at the Patriots, lo- You know, taking another loss is what that means, and to come out both sides of the ball flat. So this, they played complementary football in the first and second quarter of this football game. The defense was horrible. The offense was horrible. They did it together. Like the offense didn't help the defense. The defense didn't help the offense. So we've established that, and and you have established as well that this game just kind of isn't sitting with you well as far as that goes. Do you want to add anything else before we get to a couple different plays that I've got pulled up?
1: No, I think you said it well. Um, It's not sitting with me because I just don't like the way they're starting slow. I mean, right. it's just yeah, there's got to be some excitement. We got We need to see. Look, if we're going to rush for somebody, has to make one of the offensive linemen pee a little bit. You know, there's got to be a threat. It can't just always be Jerry Hughes and you know occasionally Ed Oliver. And I'm not picking on Ed. It's just that's the hardest position to get there from. You um, know. Yep. And we got to have more. And we got to be assignment perfect on offense. We're not good enough, clearly, to make little errors. We're not good enough to have. You know, a half-ass block by the tight end or the receiver, or a missed assignment by the offensive line—we're just not that good. We just can't recover. We need—we need to stress being assignment perfect.
0: But I don't. Good.
1: I think these guys have the want to. I think they have, have the effort. They have the desire. I think they have the skills. They've just got to be—it's—it's it's this or the hangman's noose.
0: But I think there were more to your point. That phrase is great. Assignment perfect last year than they were this year. Unless Josh was covering up Josh's flair for the dramatic and his ability to escape and make things happen, a la what we saw, where uh, it was the Saints game, where like he goes to throw the. We talked about it. We talked about it last week. Goes to throw the screen pass to Breeda. Breeda's not there, so he spins out and finds Knox for a touchdown. And just throws a dart to him on the other side of the field. It's brought back because they're blocking downfield because it's supposed to be a screen pass. I don't know if last year if Allen was covering. Well, that's not that a mistake.
1: Up. That's that just happens. But
0: but that's but but to my point, yeah, but that was pretty bad. I just that's what, not I just don't wanna... error. Okay, I mean, the isn't Breed's Breida, assignment to go to the left and not to the right.
1: Oh yeah, but I thought you were blaming the offensive line for being down. No,
0: I'm not blaming the offensive line at all. I'm blaming Brita. I just I feel like we didn't well, see it Well, look. Lot of I mean life. you
1: can show that Brita play. I think it's next. Now I don't want to watch the Fournette touchdown. Let's skip that one and go to the Brita play because we're running out of time. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You like so to we're... end on time. I guess you got a date or something.
0: No, no, we can we can we can hang out longer. So this is the Matt Brita where he misses the block on uh uh Devin White.
1: Yeah, so I don't even know how old is Matt Breida. How many years in in is this?
0: I don't know. He wears number 22. So I don't know.
1: (laughs) He's 22 years old. So the issue here is like, I'll I'll find out. Go ahead. No, I mean, they have, they have the the perfect play on what can Matt Breida do differently? Like if you are running a run fake and there's pressure coming. So Brita knows that he's his guy. That's his guy. Right. 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 On the snap of the ball. There's no doubt, 45 is coming. So forget the fake, abort. Set your feet, and let Josh have a chance. It's if if he just right there stops, he
0: just he's got to
1: see it sooner than that.
0: What's amazing at the snap. This is this is that to your point, turn the lights on moment in the locker room or in the in the meeting room this week. Like, but
1: but this is not an easy one, Joe. This is not an easy one. But when you're back there pre-snap, lined up. If that's your only responsibility is that blitzing linebacker and he takes one step toward the line of scrimmage on the snap of the ball, then going up there and flying up there like that is the wrong way to do it. Abort on the fake and slide. The problem is he's too aggressive and he's not just kind of sliding down the line.
0: Right, right, right. What's interesting about it, so he's 26 years old, so he's still pretty young. Yeah, it's a good defensive Uh, play. Yeah, as footballers go, I think the problem that I have with this and the, the reason that I pu- pulled it up is like he didn't even get a chip on him. He didn't slow Devin, he didn't slow White down at all.
1: Well, it's, you know, it's the angle that we're looking at it for as sure, opposed to, quote, as opposed to what
0: happens in real life. But this is an assignment issue, correct?
1: No, he's got the right assignment, he's got the wrong execution.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I wasn't sure if he maybe didn't see it. Sorry, so, I didn't
1: maybe. mean to split hairs.
0: No, you're good. You're good. And then the last one is it's it's a breed of play, but it's not breed of, which is the fake punt. Um, and for me
1: this one hurts my brain.
0: <laughs> for for me, you know, I, I basically went off on my show last night just talking about the fact that we're running a fake punt with the fastest guy on both teams and a fat guy tackles him. And you kind of had a different take, which was great. So
1: well, I mean, my take on it is you're you're running on you're running an offensive line blocking scheme with a bunch of guys who would be much better off running a pin and pull or angle blocking scheme right. to create a you know, what Joe hates running the ball into the middle kind of situation. So the really this play dies on Matikavich's block because you're asking a, a linebacker to block zone blocking and he just frees the guy up. I mean, this is how we would trade or I don't know, trades that we'd zone block a defensive a defensive end to the linebacker like we used to do in the olden days, where I get the guy on my my inside shoulder a little bit. And then if the linebacker comes, I stay on him. And if the linebacker flies, the guard comes up, you know, on my hiney and takes over the defensive end. But this is a single man block. He's got nobody on his inside. So you got a linebacker basically performing a reach block, which he turns into a zone block with nobody zoning with him. It's just, it's poor design. Mm. Now, look, I mean, most of these don't go anyway, but this one's a, Dead from the beginning, I think, just by the, the design of it. I it, you ask people to do things they can't do or, in, or don't know how to do.
0: What's what's interesting, and that's the biggest pet peeve of mine in all of this. And then they and then the, and then people just go, well, they didn't execute the play. Well, they no, uh,
1: So let me tell you something. When it comes to zone blocking schemes like this, mm-hmm. and you know we've talked uh you know i constantly bring up my high school coaching and i know there's people out there going you do you the high school blah 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 so <laughs> you, when you zone block you're doing this kind of thing right these two guys have these two guys i don't know if you can see that or not
0: yeah, let, me, let me dump this there
1: so yeah it, lo- it, like, it, lo-
0: it looks like josh allen's potato buffalo by the way
1: <laughs> so so here's the tackle the tackle aims for the outside shoulder and then if the tu- if the I have this block. This is a linebacker. If the linebacker comes, then the guard takes the linebacker and the tackle stays on the end. Right. And so my point of showing you that I know it's going to be kind of dumb in the end installing zone blocking is like dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of reps. Like Mm. we repped the living hell. We did this every day in practice and training camp we did it twice a day 30 times a a practice right and that's and you're like what's the big deal you just go that way there's so much feel to it you got to know the guy who's next to you how fast is he when's he coming up does he read the same things i'm reading it's you know Ruben and i played together for seven years we didn't even think anymore we just did you know signals like this and you know but to, to throw that kind of reach blocking i just i just think it's i don't know it's just a bad design you put guys in a position to fail when you do that
0: well before we segue wholly to the buffalo bills and what's next uh as far as next ex- expectations i am pretty confident that we are ready to make an announcement for this show what's expected next for us next week joining us if you want to make the announcement who's gonna be joining we got a special guest next week that's gonna be you read my mind, Joe. We're like this. We're, We're, yeah. We're like whatever that yeah. means.
1: <laughs> I'm so excited. Next week, the indomitable, the amazing, my brother, Ruben Brown is coming on the show, baby.
0: We can't. We couldn't see the card. It was totally. That's okay. Out. I said it. <laughs> so Reuben Brown was, is going to be joining joining us yeah. next week. Go ahead.
1: Yep. So excited. I talked to him uh, quite a bit this week. Um, Reuben and I are just thick as thieves. I mean, probably m- my closest brother from the old days, you know, with Jerry and Glenn being right up there, but you know, Ruben and I, there's something about consistently playing next to a guy, you know, with Glenn and I did and Jerry and I did, but Ruben and I were, I think, and this is not a stat, but I think Ruben and I were one of the, if not the longest running tandem guard tackle mm-hmm. combo in the NFL
0: really at the time.
1: I don't think anybody else has gone 7 years.
0: Was it 7 years? Why do I f- I know Reuben went to the Browns and he finished his career there.
1: Uh that I would be the realize, Bears
0: or the sorry yes my apologies the Bears. I like I'm literally looking at him in his uniform in black you know well the dark blue it's not black but yeah. it's it, it, I didn't realize that he played for the Bills for 7 years. I thought it was 4. I thought he, I thought he was one contract and out. Reuben? Yeah, I didn't realize he, he, he had two contracts. Yeah, I didn't realize he gotten a second. So that's that's interesting. That's all I learned something today. Yeah, I'm excited about that show. Now, when it comes to next next or new expectations, next expect, expectations for the Buffalo Bills. Um clearly if they're going to win the AFC East, they're going to have to win out. Uh and you know, that starts with the Carolina Panthers at home this weekend which the weather is going to play a factor in that not because wait. wait, wait. Have to win it.
1: the East, they have to win out.
0: I or- would say so. Just when well, you look at when you look at who the Patriots the Patriots are a game and a half up on them at a bye week this week. So uh but to the, win the
1: East, the best record in the East. So how many correct. does uh does New England have any losses in the East? Uh well no.
0: I mean if the if the Patriots have a better record than the Bills, they win the East. So if the, no, if you, the Patri- you
1: can win the division with a worse record.
0: No, if the Patriots are twelve and five and the Bills are eleven and six, the Patriots win the division.
1: Oh, okay. Well, technically you're right. But I would say if if you're
0: this is a monumental moment. Feed if you're six and fans. zero, if
1: you're six and zero in the division, and the other, or you're, you're five and one, and the other team is four and two, you won that's the all, division.
0: No, that's a tiebreaker. That's only a, that. That's a tiebreaker. No, I know. That's I know. I'm tiebreaker. just trying.
1: No, I, I look. I I think there's got to be a reckoning. I mean, I, I still believe in our secondary. I don't have any real issues there. I mean, I, I think we've got to get better play played, on the defensive end position.
0: I thought they played well against. Probably two of the best wide receivers in the league. They did a good job. I mean, Brady threw for three hundred and fifty something yards in the game, but for all intents and purposes, I thought I thought Wallace and Dane Jackson played well in that football game.
1: Well, you know, and there's another thing too about calling those penalties. I mean, that's a that's a confidence wrecker. You're like, I'm playing good football here, and you're ticky-tacking me to death, and you won't call anything on the other guy. You start to get a little, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And look, entire the entire offense has to get better. Yeah, Um, and if it. And it may not be physically for Josh or Josh or execution-wise, but maybe it's maybe it's leadership-wise. Maybe it's understanding what motivates every guy in the locker room and keeping crib sheets and going up and be like, "Hey, Miller, you know," and talking to you about your kids or something, uh, and get you up for that game.
0: Yeah. The uh, so so the Bills have to win out basically. And uh, as Chris has said, the Pats if they lose to the Bills and the Colts, and both those games are potential lose games for the for, for the Patriots, uh, then the Bills do win the East. As far as that goes. And that's you know, that's the goal. You know, the goal is not necessarily to make the playoffs. The goal where's is where's probably-
1: the where's the Colts um Pats game? Uh
0: it's I think it's this weekend. So the, the No Colts- no
1: where? Where? Indy I mean, or I'll look it Fox? up real quick. Colorado. I'll look it up
0: real quick. So uh Patriots uh oh, 2021 schedule. Um so what uh anything else for you as far as what the Bills have to improve on this season to win out, to do what we need them to do.
1: I guess they can improve on not aggravating me.
0: <laughs> Touche. Patriots at Colts, 8-20, Saturday night. So it's a Saturday night game at 8-20. Mm.
1: All right, I think that's a toss-up.
0: I I, I think the, the Colts have a really good shot of winning that football game.
1: That's what I said, toss-up. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, closing thoughts, big guy? Um, You know, I saw a lot of kind of disappointing commentary on the Twitter box during the game and I'm not going to dwell on it I'm just going to say that I'm taking note and you can be upset without having your comments be and look I'm not your parent right I mean I just can't stand it Um, and I get mad say it into the void Um, and for those of you who are always upbeat and, and maybe be disappointed but aren't like shellacking players and people and stuff like that I applaud you and I'm with I'm in your camp um, and if people hear me and say, screw you, Fina, then that's cool too. First yeah, amendment, yeah. baby.
0: Yeah, for sure. Jeff King, uh, with a, with a little chat here and I'll throw this up there because I love it. Gentlemen, Merry Christmas to you and your families go bills, uh, right back at you, Jeff. It is the, it is the holiday season.
1: Yeah, Jeff, I would say that's very accurate and uh much appreciated sentiment except for the gentleman part. <laughs>
0: Well, you've got that gentleman's hat on. Merry so I think, you, I think you just assumed that you're a gentleman wearing that uh, fedora.
1: I, I'm only doing this because I had plastic surgery, and I don't want anybody you... see. <laughs>
0: you had that double chin removed. I was like
1: Nancy Nancy Pelosi during COVID. Right? Nobody got surgery, and she went in and got her neck done, and she wore Hermes Wait, scarf for like 18 weeks in a row.
0: Are you saying this whole COVID like thing is a conspiracy that just allowed just her a, to get just to hide plastic. Nancy Pelosi's plastic
1: surgery? <laughs> I don't think anybody can hide that.
0: Sorry, I digress. I apologize if I crossed the line.
1: You didn't digress. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs>
0: we will uh we will end the show on that note. John, this was a great show, man. I, I appreciate you and everything that you bring to the mafia. And I don't I know that you I don't know if you I know you widescreened it, so I don't know if you see the comments or not, but just
1: Oh, I've been reading them. I finally figured out how to do that.
0: Yeah, so just uh just seeing what people say, and, and I hope you I hope you read it and take it to heart, just as far as people loving the show and loving what you do and and breaking it down for people and making it palatable uh for Whoa. those of us that you know didn't play at your level
1: I, I do have to say for all you newcomers thank you even if you hate me and all of our regulars you know it's so great to have you i mean this is um it's been a kiss me deadly i say that all the time to, to joe you know like i don't want to watch the games over when we lose but i gotta mm-hmm. watch them over to, to prepare and talk about it, and it, it takes me back there's there's a feeling in my belly right now And in my chest, like I went out and played that game because of Joe Miller forcing me, you know, and and guilting me and shaming me into into doing all this film study. And it just it just makes me like I I feel like I'm like I'm back in the day in the locker room with the guys when really I'm just in a bathtub covered in gallons of Q42 barbecue sauce. Iman Aziz, you make great sauce, buddy. Thank you for your sponsorship to the Bills Mafia out there. Thanks for coming on our show. You guys are the best.
0: Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fino Show brought to you by Q42 on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast and Vidcast Network. Uh yeah, do what you can to enjoy this week. Take it for what it is. It's time to believe again. Well, there's four games left in the season. All all is not lost. The Bills are still in the seventh seed. So they, they they are not in the hunt at this point. They are in the playoffs. So uh let's keep our heads up to John's point. Let's not call out players. Call out the refs all that you want. Tag NFL officiating and tag the NFL commissioner. But uh the players, you know, they they came to play on Sunday and uh they they came back in a very, very hard fought battle uh after they dug themselves into a pretty deep hole. So but uh for myself, Joe Miller, for John Fina, we love you guys. We appreciate appreciate you guys being a part of the show as always. Uh yeah, that's all I got. Go Bills. Go Bills. Oh, and tune in next week, Ruben Brown.
1: Ruben Brown Reuben Brown. Reuben Brown.
0: Love you guys. Love you guys.